How do you feel about Lord Farrakhan? The guy from Shrek? <laughs> All right. Uh, what's up, everybody? It's your main man here. The Pecorino. Adam Skedaddle. And welcome to Requiem for a Tuesday. Going to do a little shorty today, but pack a lot in. So we're going to have some fun. Um, but first, obviously, we have to talk about the Ukraine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, let's plug first, and then maybe I'll say a little something, just because, you know. Uh, check out the merch, rfat.bigcartel.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. If you're listening, why ain't you subscribing? You know, why aren't you giving me a little fivey? Give me a little fivey, you know? Maybe four if you're not feeling it all the way. But, you know, anything less is disrespectful, so please refrain. <laughs> My ego cannot take it. Uh, music, Multiplex, Wolf X, streaming everywhere. You know the drill. Microwave Minutes, Justice's Show, still going strong. Season 2. Uh, still trying to figure out if he's going to come on. We might do that tonight as of this recording. We'll see. So it could be next episode. Been teasing it for weeks now. Like I said, we're figuring it out, but it's going to happen at some point soon. Uh, all the goods are linked in the description below. You can follow me on the Instagram at adam.arfat. I think that's it. I always forget something. But, you know, that felt solid. How'd that feel to you? Feel good? Good. I woke and I bulk, but uh, I'm sipping the coffee, so we're neutralizing things out here. I'm kind of wired, kind of loopy, kind of tired, kind of fried. You know, we're all over the map. <sighs> Damn fine cup of coffee. Cafe Bustello. I'm a budget man, and it's delicious. So, sue me. Uh, but shout out to the Ukraine, kicking some ass, big respect. Everybody's like, we're going to hold it down for the motherland. I would have been out of there, you know, when they were like, oh, we're just hanging out at the border. We're not coming through. I would have been like, let's get to the airport, please. Uh, so big ups. It's very Eastern block. I feel like, you know, just being like, nah, this is my shit, homie. And they're kicking some ass, you know? Russia ain't doing shit. Apparently, they're like, we thought this would be easy, and it has not been. So you always love when the underdog wins. <laughs> not that that's how you should look at it, but, uh, and I just didn't get it. It's like, if you're trying to, like, take something because you want it, like, to be yours, why would you start destroying it unprompted? It just all seems very silly. And, uh, good. Good. Hope. Hope this really fucks a lot of things up for the Ruskies. You know, always feels good when the enemy goes down to quote uh, Tom Segura's dad. There's nothing better than killing the enemy. <laughs> uh, I might have been slightly off on that as well. But anyway, you get the point. So good. They're already like, uh, how about we just have a talk now as of like 20 minutes ago while I'm recording. So hopefully in the coming days, things get even better. Shout out to Ukrainian people. I will just say a lot of dumb fucks on Instagram are like, check out all these Chicago-owned Ukrainian businesses to support. And it's like, that doesn't help anybody. 
I mean, it's like cool to be like, hey, what's up? You know, maybe just support any business you feel like supporting at any time. And that's great. Uh, but that doesn't really like solve the whole like we're being invaded right now across the ocean. So that doesn't, you know, way to try to be sentimental. But or the whole like I've seen uh, pay attention to the Ukraine. It's very similar or like reflective of what's going on here. And it's like, no. It's not, you know, <laughs> now's not the time to like try to win with the best, you know, 150 characters or whatever. You just sound dumb. Okay. There's nothing similar about that at all. So just want to get those two things out of the way. <laughs> shout out Ukraine, bagels in Kiev. Let's go. And shout out to my boy, Alan. Very Ukrainian. I don't know if you listen, but shout out. His mom makes cheese and socks or something crazy. <laughs> Love that guy. Um, but let's move on. So as I told you, we're gonna we're gonna do the weekly updates, episode by episode, on Genius, the Kanye doc, episode two. Yet again, just another miraculous, beautiful thing to watch. I mean. Same type of shit, like just jaw-dropping material where it's like, I can't believe that there's footage of this happening. It's like everything you could wish. You know, it's like, oh man, I wish I could have been in the studio when this happened. And it's like, oh, well now I was pretty much. It's like, holy fuck. And I didn't, I didn't even know that the guy doing all of the skits on College Dropout was DeRay Davis. I know DeRay Davis. I guess, I mean, I could have looked into the credits and found out pretty easily. I'm sure that he's on there, but just saying, never would have guessed. It was very, very well done. And the fact that they just like show you the exact take that's used on there, they make it seem like it's the first take. I'm sure that it wasn't. Um, But to watch him just nail it regardless is like, holy fuck, that's exactly the track. I'm watching it happen. It's awesome. Same thing with Jamie Foxx doing slow jams, um, more Donda stuff. She's just an absolute saint. It's heartbreaking every time because it's like, oh, my God, what a loving and supportive mother and, like, their relationship together. And it's like, oh, I wish I could just be happy to see this. But you know what happens, and it's just brutal. Um, What else we got? Oh, the Pharrell scene was unbelievable so they kind of skim over the car crash i still i still don't really understand exactly what happened they were kind of just like yeah he got in a car crash which kind of makes me believe that maybe he uh was at fault and so they were just like yeah he got into an accident we're just not gonna really talk about it now i don't know if that's the case i again another thing that i never really read into maybe the information's just so very out there that they didn't need to walk everybody through it but uh I just thought that was interesting because they're going at such a slow pace trying to give you like every little detail. I just thought that that was a little odd regardless. Uh, But then, you know, leads to Through the Wire, which is just an unbelievable musical triumph to this day. Um, The song is just great on its own, like with obviously with the context of his jaw being wired shut, just very it's brilliant. Uh, It's one of the best songs on the record, too. Uh, they show them. They show them filming the music video. Cootie, snapping. Um, 
And then he plays the song for Pharrell. And Pharrell loses his mind. And it was just so cool to... Because, like, at the time... I mean, who was hotter than Pharrell? I mean, I mean that's still kind of true. You know, everybody would love to get Pharrell on their fucking album. But especially then, that was, like, peak Pharrell... He was everywhere. Neptunes were crushing at the time. And... He loses his shit, walks out of the room, and has to, like, gather himself. Comes back in, and he, like, is, like, apologizing. He's like, dude, I didn't know. I didn't know. He was basically uh, admitting to what everybody else was doing. Like, oh, I thought you were just a producer, man. Like, I had no idea, like, that you were on this level. And he instantly goes from just hearing this one song and having that reaction to going into this speech of, like, you're going to be like an all-timer. Like, if you can just, like, keep this shit going at this level, you're going to be one of the greats. It's like he heard, like, the first verse of this track and was in. And it was just amazing. Like, one, you're that great, and you're, like, instantly recognizing this. Like, that's super cool. And it shows that, like, okay, you, you really do, like, get it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of people can, I, and this is kind of what he said. It's like, some people are hot and then they're gone. He's like, but I can tell that you have something that like can last. So it's like cool that he can recognize all of that in like the first 45 seconds of one song, (laughs) you know, not that he hadn't already been making hit after hit with like Jay-Z and shit, obviously, but nobody really heard him rap. And he instantly, it was so cool. And then Mos Def introduces him as like the future of hip hop right away. And it it, it did help put things in perspective because I always wondered like, how do you have a, how do you go from being the guy who gets shelved and they don't even want to put out, they basically reluctantly give you a deal. Like I knew all of that storyline, but then you debut at number two and you're the hottest thing right away. I never understood how that could work. Uh, and then they kind of just showed that basically everybody was co-signing him and the hype was real and all that. And it made sense, you know, and then the through the wire kind of sealed it once that happened. It's like such a weird blessing in disguise. It's like the ultimate Kanye thing to happen to him. It's pretty crazy. You know, they showed Luda coming in to do breathe in, breathe out. You know, all the great stuff you want to see. It's basically, it's weirdly like fan service, but it isn't because they all, they just had this footage regardless. Like, it's like if you were making the docudrama version of this, you'd want to have all these things included, but it's like, oh, there's no way all of this would go down. Excuse me. Um... Or, like, same thing. Like, I, I wish I could see this for real. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's so hard to picture that this is how the studio sessions went. And you can just, like, see how they actually went for real. And it, it's just wonderful. Just absolutely wonderful. Now, the interesting thing is that... So, they said that this was, like, a career-spanning documentary. Which, this was a thing that I questioned after the first one. Like, oh, okay. The first one, they weren't even really, like do like he was like barely beginning college dropout stuff 
And then this one is pretty much just college dropout, like him working on it up to the release. So there's only three parts. So that means the whole entire rest of his career is going to be recapped in one episode. I'm skeptical as to how that's going to go. Now, this has been like, I feel an honest documentary, at least about the way Cootie feels about Kanye. I mean, again, he gave up his whole life, followed him around. So like he, at least at the time, see, that's the thing, understood and respected him. But I just feel like the whole thing has been very pro Kanye. So I hope that this isn't the case, but I could see episode three going dark. And him trying to take some like moral high ground and being like, oh, what happened to the Kanye I knew? But I don't know. I really hope. I'm just saying I hope that that doesn't happen. I feel like it could. Because uh, when they did like the lead in, like, oh, this is what you're going to see in the next one. Like, here's a little montage. It's like, oh, they make sure they show the MAGA hat and the presidential stuff. And I don't know. It, I, I just don't want it to have the negative perception where it's like, oh, now I'm going to say that I'm better than him or something like that. And that's how it would come off regardless, even if that's not the tone. So I don't know, Cootie. Make me proud, bud, because I'm, I'm a little worried. Because, um, I mean, it has to go. You have to go through all the stuff with his mom and then Taylor Swift. And then he leaves and does the Louie stuff. And then he comes back and makes fantasy. And it's like, how are we going to just skim through all this? Even graduation. Are we just going to skim through graduation? I mean, 808s. The weird reception that got because people didn't understand it and it like yet again changed hip hop. I mean, I don't know. I think that there's just too much. You know, you got Pablo, you got the five albums in five weeks that nobody respected because of all the MAGA stuff, two of which are classics. And I still think Ye's decent. Nas fucked up his. You know? I'm just saying, there's so much to cover, even if it was like two and a half hours, which it probably won't be. They've The first two episodes were pretty much the same length. I don't know. I just hope justice is done properly, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Because it, it also has just really helped the conversation, like the timing of the release of this with like Donda, STEM player stuff. I've been holding off talking STEM player until Justice comes on because he has one. Um, so I think that that'll be better suited as a discussion. But it really is like an incredible device. It's like something that I've always wished existed. But we'll go into that with Justice pretty much just because of the shitty ways we used to record stuff. Um. But it's incredible. Again, I'm a ride or die. Never wavered. Never will. Can't wait for episode three. So we'll talk about that next episode. Well, might be two episodes from now if I have one with Justice tonight. So we'll see. But it's coming. I'll definitely talk episode three. So moving on. All right. So now we're finally going to talk the French Dispatch. This is, uh, of course, Wes Anderson's latest film. Came out months and months ago. I did not bother to go see it in theaters. Ultimately, that was a great decision, but uh, yeah. 
This movie was bad. Uh, <laughs> finally came out on HBO Max. I figured I got to see it. I am a pretty big Wes Anderson fan. He makes excellent movies up until this. I'll tell you right now, this is easily his worst movie. It's not even close. Uh, I don't really know what happened here. He kind of just went way too far up his own ass with this one. Uh, basically, this is an anthology film, which is already annoying. I just remember seeing the trailer for this, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be that great. And so I just never really took interest. And I was like, oh, that's coming out. Whatever. I'll wait it out. Uh, it's an anthology series all based around the idea of a newspaper that's about to shut down basically like doing their last stories and then they just like show the last stories um and it's all based in some like small french town so that's pretty much it uh <laughs> And it's really convoluted. The intro, they're just like throwing a million pieces of information at you, none of which matter at all. And it's basically just Wes Anderson being like, oh, look at all these quirky names and situations and characters I can come up with. And that's it. It's like, just look at all these things I can come up with. They have no substance. They have nothing to do with the plot at all. It's basically just setting up, oh, here's a bunch of stories in a fake French place, which is fine. Do it quicker. Uh, it was just unnecessary. It was so convoluted. And it was just like, how do I get as many big stars into this as possible? And don't get me wrong. The cast is absolutely outstanding. Fucking everybody's in this. But uh, it's just not great. It's just not great. The first story is about some painter who's in prison and his art is like very highly coveted. Adrian Brody is like some art guy and uh, convinces the world that he's the greatest painter of all time, blah, blah, blah. And it's just whatever. And this is the most interesting one. Uh, it goes really downhill after this. And it's still pretty dull and not that interesting. And then the ending is just, it, it's just like, oh, it's over now. Uh, it relies very heavily on voiceover to get a lot of things done. Not in a good or clever way at all. He just has to cram so much backstory into all of these short stories that you're pretty much just listening to someone tell you the whole story. It's like, what's the point of this? Why is this a movie? You know, I, I don't know. And it's filmed in like a box format, which if I would have seen in theaters, I would have been pissed. It's stupid. In this context, it's just so he can have his like symmetry be even more symmetrical because the sides are, you know, square. Because it, it doesn't look like vintage. It's not like the way the lighthouse was where it was trying to be like shot like a 30s monster movie or whatever. Everything in this movie, it's like 4K UHD shot, but it's just like in box and sometimes black and white, and there's no real reason for any of it. It'll just randomly switch to color. It has nothing to do with anything thematic, at least on the surface level. And regardless, you know, it, it just does nothing impactful at all. 
it, it, it's just like look at how artsy this is there's there's no substance to it at all uh and then this it just instantly cuts to the next one which is chalamet my guy but it's just like some kid who's writing a manifesto and like that's it <laughs> they're like doing some revolt in the town And then it, it just like ends. <laughs> like I, I wish I had more, but like just it literally like so little happens. It's just like oh Wes Anderson quirky dialogue, but like nothing's that funny and nothing matters because there's no plot moving forward. So it's like none of this. It's just, it's just so pointless. I I can't even come up with like a real analysis on this. So, and then the next one's about some kidnapping and then they're all saved by like a chef who poisons all the food and sacrifices himself to do it. And then it's like, oh, Bill Murray's the editor. He's dead. (laughs) And then it's like, shout out to all these writers. It's like, oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe it just all went way over my head. But... Critical response is good. I I don't know. It's supposed to be this like ode to classic journalism. But it's all like fictional stuff in a tiny little Wes Anderson town. It's almost like he took all of the like concept and style of Grand Budapest, which is which was just like such a purely like fantastical, like whimsical self-creation, but it was like fun and lighthearted and like not trying to be steeped in any kind of realism at all. It was just like its own little whimsical tale about this wild ass hotel in this crazy place. So it worked on a really high level. But this like it tries to do all the quirky, weird stuff that he always does, but it puts a s- terrible spin on it because it's, like, half dramatic. And, like, none of the jokes land and the stories aren't connected like you'd expect them to be. There's, like, no, there's like nothing within the plot that interlocks any of this. I don't know. I just expected better writing from Wes Anderson. That's pretty much it. The directions, like everything you'd expect, it's his boxes, his wide shots, the symmetry, the production design, all that stuff's all there, but it's, I don't know. This is the least interesting it's ever been. A lot of people thought he went off the rails with Grand Budapest. Again, I think that that movie's a blast. Um, I do agree that some of it's a little silly. Like We could use a little less of the, like, clay sets and weird like animation King Kong style like miniature stuff Uh, but at least that movie's like fun and there's jokes in it and there's like a real plot and like things happen not this one not this one I didn't only that first short was somewhat interesting and it was a slow burn and then the, the other ones were just pure duds I don't know not a fan. Sorry, Wes. Hope you do better the next time. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, last little part here. I told you guys I started Yellow Jackets. 
Still have yet to resume Yellow Jackets. Still watching Pam and Tommy as that goes on weekly. That's getting real good. I think I'm just going to recap that again at the end. Because to do that episode by episode just seems silly. They're not that long of episodes. And, you know, it'll just be more fun to talk the whole thing at once. Uh, Yellow Jackets is not resumed. Again, I, I, it's I, all the reasons I explained earlier or why I lost interest I may still at some point if I got like a slow day can't figure out what else to do or watch maybe I'll dive back into it but I don't know the reason I bring it up is because I did attempt to start station 11 uh this is an HBO show very it was very popular so I'm sure most of you have heard of it but uh got recommended to me a bunch just kind of fell through the cracks never did it finally dove in uh, I watched like an episode and a half, so I guess not, I dove into like a six foot pool, <laughs> you know, very gently, <laughs> uh, and I don't like where it's going, but I will say it's similar to Yellow Jackets in like its structure, where it's like, okay, we're going to start in one timeline, then we're going to cut to the future, and then we're going to like work our way back and forth. But I think that this show navigates it a lot better. So interestingly enough, this show started and was going to happen before COVID. It's a show about a pandemic. So that got weird. Uh, It was filmed in Chicago and like real Chicago. They're walking through actual neighborhoods. They're not just like people who are, you know, in fucking River North acting like they're going to live there because most people do not. Uh, Although. The house that they end up staying in is incredibly nice. So that's a little different. But they're using, they're at real places. That's all I'm saying. They're taking the L. They're calling it the L. They're at actual stops. They're walking around. So that's that's cool. I like that. Um, but then after COVID started, they like left Chicago. So I don't know if that's going to become like really annoying as it goes on. Where it's like, oh, you guys were all over the actual city. And now it's going to be not. I don't know how that's going to go. Um but it starts off really cool. The entire episode is like riveting. Uh, it doesn't cut ahead prematurely like Yellow Jackets does. It doesn't cut ahead and reveal things that would be major plot points if you were telling this linearly like I feel Yellow Jackets does. It just keeps like getting you more and more curious, which is what it should be doing. It's building towards something. And it's also not cutting ahead without revealing, t- not without... um. Jesus, sorry, just had a fucking aneurysm, I think. Um, It doesn't jump ahead before it tells you enough in the past. So it makes sure to give you the full storyline in order and introduce characters and not cut ahead and be like, oh, here's, I guess, this person in the future who I don't know, uh, which really bothered me about Yellow Jackets. Um And basically, it's like the night the pandemic starts, this dude's sister is a nurse and she gives him the warning and he goes and buys $10,000 worth of groceries and has to take this little girl along with him because he obviously does not want to abandon this small child who doesn't seem to realize that her parents are likely dead, which he figures out they are, but he's like really good about communicating it and all that. Um, and all of that is excellent. And then it cuts ahead and the little girl who was an actress, um, 
because the opening scene is at a play and like the dude on stage dies and he goes to help and then ends up getting involved and that's how the whole thing starts um the little girl is now in like a traveling theater group after the apocalyptic pandemic happens i'm kind of like oh this is where this is gonna go like I'm so less interested. I would much rather it just be the past storyline overall. So I don't even know if I'm going to be committing into this show. Because it's like, why is this the route that you chose to go down? It's like you had just such a great concept going. And now it's going to be about like a traveling theater troupe in the apocalypse. It's just like that's... And I get it. It's like I read into it and that's like where it was going to go. But the execution of the present day stuff was so good that it's like I have no interest in this stuff yet maybe you flash forward again like it's the problem of like if we flash forward halfway through then it's two shows with with two casts it needs to be mixed in uh, but I don't know I'm just much more interested in the stuff in the past so maybe I'll watch it just for that and kind of weave my way through we'll see I don't know <laughs> But uh, two potential survival shows that I may finish. I don't know. Uh, but Station Eleven is way more well done than Yellow Jackets. It's taking itself an appropriate level of serious. There's good humor mixed in. Given the context, I know David Cross is in it at some point. So that's very interesting to me. But I don't know. Like Yellow Jackets just goes so off the rails and just becomes a soap opera. And the stuff that should be dramatic and serious isn't and the stuff that shouldn't be is and it's just kind of a mess in my opinion station 11 seems much more grounded and i don't know just more tight i guess is how i want to put it uh so i don't know just wanted to throw that out there at least check out the first episode because it's fucking awesome that's an achievement on its own it's worth watching the first episode, even self-contained. We'll see if I go forward. If I do, I'll tell you all about it. But I'm done for this week. We'll talk next week, possibly with Justice, possibly about a whole bunch of stuff again. We'll see what happens. You know the drill. But before I go, I just want to remind you, baby. <laughs> I are fat. You are fat. We are fat. Calculator.